Hello, everyone. Are you enjoying your quarantine? This episode was a lot of fun for us to make. The conversation kept going, so it's a two-parter. First episode is going to be the first hour. Second, the second hour. Enjoy! Welcome to Thunderwolf Podcast. Now, today's episode is going to be just a little bit different than what we've been doing so far in season two. I'm Jacob, and Paige is not here this week. So, hi, Paige. Enjoy the week off. We're coming to you, I don't know if I can disclose it, from a remote location. We are, in fact, defying the quarantine orders, and we're in a small gathering of three to get this episode coming to you. It's under 10. It's under 10, so we're, we're, we're doing something right. Um, I want to introduce you to our guests, and then we'll go into our updates and then our main discussion. So today here, I have friends with me. Wes Bird, intelligence consultant. That's what we had said that that is, right? That you are? Uh, yeah, I'm a... Intelligence? Consultant. Okay, yeah. intelligence consultant. And we have Alex Noonan, graphic designer. Now, Alex... Now, I have to say, Alex gave me a couple different titles. Uh, graphic designer, art director, and brand consulting. What was the other ones I missed? Oh, you know, all the things. It's fine. It's it, fine. His sheet is like... Seriously, it, like 12, 13 pages long. It, it's got to be obnoxious when he sends out resumes. Yeah, it is. It, it really it's, is. It's, it's like a title list for like Cetra the Imperishable. Yeah. Or Usador. <laughs> oh, yeah. Usador. I am Usador. Well, I don't I don't know if the... Uh, do you remember podcasts. it? Well, let's see if I can do it. I am Usador, guardian of the 12 realms of Atheus, champion of light and shadow, manipulator of magical delights. Devourer of chaos. Uh, let's see. What was the rest and, of it? Well, in, instead yeah, of that, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. instead. I am, yeah, I'm Alex Noonan, art director, <laughs> graphic designer, <laughs> brand consultant on a global scale. In Asia, they know me as Alex. In Australia, they know me as Alex. I don't. I don't. In Europe, they know me as Alejandro. <laughs> I don't believe any in Mexico, of those people know they you. They know me as Alejandro. Any Alejandro. of those names. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Nah, I mean, I, I know people over there. I work with them all the time. How, how many times have you left Indiana? Uh, quite a few times, at least a couple times a year, bro. You know? I told you this was going to be a little different than we normally do. Oh, uh, in the quarantine times, things are a little screwy. Uh, so you bunker down with some friends and some microphones, and maybe you have some Coronas with you. Maybe you have coronas. some uh, M&Ms. Maybe a couple bottles of mead. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are going today talk about um information and how it affects the world we'll get there eventually we had a couple things to cover before in the the updates and start getting the conversation uh flowing so i only had a couple updates because i thought we could focus more on the more interesting side of this one um wes and i had messaged recently we were talking about how people get scammed and how scams are are, are part of the world at large always have been and we thought that would be a cool one but before we get there um you guys play video games right or did i get that one completely wrong dude i'm a total fat gamer like you know that sick gnarly bro i see yeah. the neck beard growing it's uh, i mean you know it's quarantine time why, why am I going to shave? Yeah, you That's don't need fair. to do that nowadays. We work from home, so it doesn't matter what we wear, what we look like. No, I really barely doesn't. wear pants. It's I'm only out of right cur- it's only out of courtesy to Alex that I even do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so a little side note: Wes has been bunkering down with me the last week and a half. Um, I, yeah, I've yeah. I've moved to Indiana, moved notionally with quotes. Uh, I picked a hell of a time to do it during yep. during a pandemic. Um, so yeah, still still apartment hunting. I mean, do it for the story, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I can uh, regale my children and my grandchildren of all kinds of s- stories of where I've almost stressed out enough to pull out my hair. But yeah, we're we're getting through. Alex is good company, so thank God. 
And we're not at his house because we are at a secret remote location. Yeah, in the woods with a basement. Um, (laughs) So we're actually uh, under the Denver airport where all the crazy, you know, conspiracy stuff happens. Have you ever been there? Denver? Yeah, to the the airport. I I had a layover there um, a couple years ago, but, you know, I saw some of the weird things on the wall. Once it's really nice. It's a really nice airport. Um, Paige, who isn't here today, co host uh, with me here, she lives in Denver. And so I got stopped at the Denver airport before boarding, right, you know, right before the security. And I saw the Illuminati, the Illuminati Freemason thing that everybody references. Um, Was it? the Denver airport that I was at last time coming back and they had the, yeah, it was, it was, it was, and they were doing construction on some of the walls of the airport. And so they had like, we're watching you pyramids. They were just playing into the, uh, conspiracy notion. I mean, there's some shit going on. Gotta be right. Well, I mean like, Oh yeah, but he's a lizard person. Right. And that what's going on right now. Yeah. Well, you know, (laughs) I love lizards. But we were gamers. So, Wes, you yep. are a gamer. Alex, are you a gamer? Do you uh, play games? Would you call yourself a gamer? Tabletop. Yeah, I'll do tabletop. Yeah, I'll, that's fair. You know, I've, I've got a Switch. I've got a gaming PC. I don't have a PS4 right now. Um, lost in a divorce. So, you know, it's lost, a bad joke. You lost what in the divorce? The PS4. Oh, yeah, you did have one, didn't you? You both yeah. want it. You should have broke it in half. Well, the worst part was, like, I, I had two at one point. Now I have zero. So, yeah. PS zero, boo. Yeah, I know, right? Rough rough times. Did you guys see uh, Kojima's PT, the playable trailer for the Silent Hill came out a few years ago? I did not. No, did not. But I isn't he coming out with another game sometime yeah. too? Yeah. Yeah, just it just recently uh, came up that Kojima's getting ready to make the scariest horror game. Uh, he said he was going to watch the scary movies in order to awaken his horror soul, so that he could make the scariest video game ever. Well, he, he's was he Silent Hill? Is that yes. What well, then I mean, well, he's, he's already I got think, it, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah, wasn't he? he? Yeah, I think so. He was yeah. Silent Hill, and uh, yeah, yeah, with Konami. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's he's already a leg up with that. Like, there's not many franchises. Well, well that wasn't even come his close. last game uh, Death Stranding though? Wasn't yes, the, I mean Death Stranding I, and just released. I didn't play it. I haven't seen it. Is I, it console only? I, I don't know, but I heard mixed reviews. You know, because essentially you're a UPS delivery guy in a post-apocalyptic, you know, apocalyptic uh, world there, right? Yeah, I I don't know. I'm I've I don't really delve into horror. I'm, I'm more of a turn-based strategy guy. Well, I mean, I do that too in puzzle games and whatnot, but... I'm playing Portal 2 right now on my uh, stream. Oh, nice. Hey, wow. Nice. So how, how does it feel being back in 2002? It feels great. I never played it before. I've yeah, never played Portal or Portal 2, and they were gifted to me, and I've been enjoying puzzle I mean, they, games they, for the first time in a long they, time. Uh, they age pretty well. Yeah, it's aged really nicely, because it's just so simple. Just puzzles. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Koji- Kojima is coming out with the scariest horror game, which I'm excited for. The only horror game I think I really like is Dead Space. Did you ever play that? I haven't played Dead Space, no. It was spooky. Even when you knew there was a jump scare coming in front of you, it could have had a sign that said, there's a jump scare here, you'd still jump. Was that the one in space? or No, it was, it was called Dead Space, and that might be where you're thinking it was in space, but it was actually in a bunker in Antarctica. As oh, it turns okay. out. Cool, cool. That's uh, not true. It was definitely a space-based game. Spoilers. Huh. <laughs> fake spoilers. Fake news. <laughs> that was it. I just was excited about that because I really like uh, uh, Kojima. Yeah, I mean, with the, with Silent Hill and every You know, underrated movie is the Silent Hill movie. It's, I don't know if I've seen it. Oh, it's fantastic. I really don't know if I have seen that movie. It came out a long time ago, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty good horror film. Well, something else that's horror, and speaking of a, what was it, Apocalyptica uh, world, UPS drivers and stuff, mm. have you guys heard about the uh, coronavirus? Have you heard of it? Uh, no. no. What is that? What's that? So we've talked a lot about it on the show, and I've gotten reports back from listeners that they're tired of hearing about it. And I hear you. I get it. Um, <laughs> well, but buckle up. <laughs> here comes right. some coronavirus updates. <laughs> 
Uh, total official cases in the U.S. are now up to 4,556 with 85 official deaths, which Ooh. has contrary to a couple articles that I found. Um, currently, West Virginia is the only state without an official case. They're the only ones who have dodged the plague ink game. I'm it's because of all it, the... I'm not going to call it dodging. And, and I have... West Virginia is a lovely state, and I have family there. Um, but this is simply a matter of detection. Uh, it's... Yeah. Yeah, th- there is not enough testing going around. The criteria for testing is lax, and it's really just kind of gone off the rails at this point. Are you sure it's not because of all the mountain mamas? And the mountain mamas protecting West Virginia. Yeah, the coronavirus can't get through them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the country roads and the mountain mamas well, swatting it away. Yep. Where's it going then, D.C.? It has to be. It has to be. I, look, I'm hoping all the coronavirus goes to a single point in D.C., but we won't get into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to be flagged yet. Uh, Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, New York, California, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, among other states, have ordered gatherings of 50 or more people, and then now of some states and some areas, 10 or more people Indiana. to be canceled yep. currently. Well, the, the president actually gave an address, and that was what he was recommending. The White House recommended that well, it's I think 10, we also, 10 or less uh, now. Just yeah. had her first death today, and it was somebody who was uh, 60 years old. Or Here in Indiana, right? Yep. 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 Uh, from northern Indianapolis? I, I think, think so, actually. Yeah, I actually didn't not, not that read we're the story there. before this, but I uh, I was told somebody told me on the way. Well, could have been could have been prevented. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, they have also shut down bars and restaurants besides drive-ins. Last night after band rehearsal, uh, Mark and I went to Denny's. I said I wanted to go get that cheeseburger I like at Denny's before they shut everything down. So. Just got in time. Yeah, we uh, we saw that, you know, come through and ordered some Chinese food at the uh, local hole in the wall in, Chinese place. In, real in quick. solidarity, of course. In, in yeah. solidarity. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody I saw on Facebook said they went to a Chinese restaurant and there was no one but him, because that's a real thing that people are actually doing is avoiding Chinese people and Chinese food restaurants it's so ridiculous. they don't get the coronavirus isn't that insane that well, is it's not based in logic no at all it's based what fear and just stupidity well, like racism I, I think that's the uh the probably going to be a pervading word uh for for this whole show i think is the f word the fear word fear yeah absolutely um fear is also what led to the toilet paper crisis <laughs> what the fuck so so this one is super interesting isn't it i want to hear what you guys think about this and how how it's affected you so there was a bit of misinformation that was going on in australia i actually have a friend uh who i've been friends with him for hell probably about 15 years now yeah i've never met him in person we were just online friends um but he was giving me the play-by-play when it was happening um but in australia there was this thought that kind of permeated throughout their community. And, and, you know, the people in Australia have been suffering a little bit here in the past couple just, months. Just a bit. Just right? A bit. With, with, yeah. the, with all the fires and, and the problems with climate change. Um, and this idea got run across that all of their toilet paper comes from China and that there was going to be a shortage. Now, I have no doubt that they don't import quite a bit from China. Right. But, like, it, there's still, like, the commerce is still going on. And so there was more than enough supply for reasonable amounts of purchases. Right. And everyone went and created their own shortage. And so what wasn't a problem suddenly became a problem. Because somebody thought it was a problem. Because somebody thought it was a problem. And then the global media goes and latches on to this human interest story. The, the you know the silly Australians are buying up all of the toilet paper because they're going to be locked in their houses and afraid that they won't be able to wipe their own ass. Look, if you are afraid that you can't wipe your own ass because you've sat in your house for two months, look, there are ways. All right, we 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 all have internet access. AT and T is not going to throttle us. You can look it up. All right? Yeah, this is why we keep cats. But anyway, the the keep the media, cats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's a that's an inside joke. Um, but. The media went and propagated the story across the world, and no one else really took a bite, if you noticed. There's not toilet paper shortages elsewhere, but the United States, being who we are, 
um, decided that, you know what, I'm, I'm going to wipe my own ass. And they went out in bulk and created a, a shortage where there was absolutely no reason to have one. What uh, a fascinating and, thing that's happened. It's not even a, a matter of shortage either. Right. It, it's, it's, a, it's a disruption of the logistics network because they can't stock it fast enough physically. Yep. So, yeah, toilet paper. Stop hoarding toilet paper, you, you crazy people. <laughs> I didn't realize that it started in Australia. I've been wondering how it started. I didn't know if it was like a, a 4chan thing. Somebody was like, hey, you know what we, we should do is go out, pick one product, and then just mass panic well, it. Well, they, they've been having um, now... Anyone can feel free to correct me. I'm going to be talking out my butt a little on this one. But they, they've been having Well, a that's lot not of, good because we don't have toilet paper. I know, oh, right? Because no. all the Karens hoarded it. Um, but they, they've been having a little bit of political turmoil lately, um, especially with some just factually inaccurate uh, politics that have been going on there. And there's been a lot of stories going back and forth, you know, in regards to the wildfires, climate change, et yep. cetera. And this is just one of the ones that stuck for whatever reason. It struck people. And I mean, yeah, I, I get it. It could be terrifying. Like, hey, well, you may not be able well, to wipe your own ass one day. Well, it might also be, you know, toilet papers, you know, something that you have in your home. Everybody can relate with it. You know, you get you deal with it at least once a day for most people. Look, hey, this is not going to be the platform, by the way, for you to pitch your Toilet paper-free toilets in America. <laughs> like so, so, just with so bidets guys, everywhere? Yeah, I have a great idea. So what we do is once this whole thing settles down. I guess it is down, the platform. No, no, no. It yeah, is. this is a great palette. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, like, here's the thing is uh, once all this whole, you know, coronavirus thing settles down. Okay. We should get a big box store set up and just sell those fancy Japanese toilets with the bidets, the booty massagers. And, you know, the heated seats, the, you know, Bluetooth connected to your phone, play your music. You I'm know. down. I want yeah. one. I, I do, too. It, I, they sound like thrones, like more so than actual thrones. They really do. I like swimming pools because they have that one jet somewhere where you can go put your ass on it. Oh, yeah. And so I really think that I would like a bidet. I, I, mean, thought, I thought I was the only one who did that. <laughs> Jacob. Yeah, it's be, not an often talked about uh, no, it subject. Isn't, but but, but, but isn't that the it. best part about swimming? Yes. I, Finding I mean, that one the, jet. It's the only reason I swim. <laughs> <laughs> but you could be the king of your own castle. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for real. Yeah. No, I like it. I, I don't know why we do like we do. I really don't. It, I mean, the, it's the toilet lobby. The toilet lobbyists. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. They, they're, they're the shittiest people in Washington. But don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, luckily the toilet paper uh, fiasco has created a lot of funny jokes about the U.S. And we love our memes. Yes, we do. We love our memes. Yeah, I, the, I, mm, that's it. That's all I have to say about the toilet paper. Just a bunch of weird, uh, we, we could honestly grunts. Riff, we could riff on this for hours, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because there are there are multiple layers to the toilet paper fiasco, multiple plies, if you will. <laughs> uh, San Francisco on twenty four hour lockdown for three weeks. Did you see this part? Yes. I believe it. Uh, Mayor London Breed announced she calls a defining moment. Citizens banned from leaving the house except for doctor doctor's appointments or grocery store runs. Yeah. So, hey, hope you enjoy martial law. Yeah. Yeah. Um, th this is not something that can reasonably be enforced. Um, no. I'm, I'm just going to say, if I was in San Fran, I would probably get arrested. Yeah. For leaving, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. It's it's one of those things where, um, so a little background, I'm, I'm also an Army veteran. Uh, one of the things that you as a veteran or a soldier understands is that you never give an order, one, that you won't follow yourself, or two, that you know won't be followed. Yeah. Um, because you're just setting everyone up for failure in that instance. Yep. Right. And like a 24-hour hard-nosed lockdown, like what... What what's the plan for the people there who can't even afford a home? Well, yeah, that's a good question. That was a really good point. We we talked a little bit about this uh, before we started recording, and you brought up the homeless, and we made jokes because that's what you do. But also, 
that's a very serious real problem. How is that enforced? What kind of measures go into place? Like like you said. Yeah, it's I mean, they're not going to arrest them all. It's no, they it's can't. it's a it's a it's a crisis over there and you know, even even in that type of uh, a local economy yeah. with all of these overpriced places where people have to live. So now, uh, how long did you say the 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 uh, the lockdown was for? Three, Three weeks currently. Yeah, like that's more than one paycheck. Yeah, um, easily. Like there are people there that are probably behind. Like, uh, uh, yeah, you're obviously going to have to make allowances, but like you're just going to crash your own economy. Well, and yeah. even then, you it's, know, it's, like it's three insanity. weeks is just what we're looking at now. It's just going to increase. Yeah, they, these are all. So full disclosure, and if anyone wasn't aware, these time frames that people give, they're they're pulled out of everyone's asses. Nobody knows when this is going to end. Yep. Nobody knows when it's going to get better. And nobody knows, not to scare anyone, but no. it's it's... It is a fluid situation. So, yeah, just buckle up and pay attention and try not to lose your right to go where you please. Where did I see it? I had a page pulled up because I had seen something from uh, Politico. And I've heard of that site, but I don't know much about that site. And it, there was one that said that China is going back to normal. People are going out in the streets again and enjoying life well, and so I, it's all blown I, up I, and I, none I, of this is well, real but i mean like how okay so not to sound like that guy but how much can you trust the chinese you know media and you know government when it yeah, comes it's, to it's, yeah it's, it's all state filtered um but but i i think the article you're talking about i saw it earlier was saying that there are more people who have recovered from the virus who have it currently but I, again you know it's yeah, you know. none of us are vi- virologists. Did no, I say that right? No. V- Vaginaologists. Yeah, v- I, virologists. One of those V's. Virginaologists. I How did you say that? The pop that it has is great. Yeah, the 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 virginaologists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's gonna be a soundbite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. You, you made it to the big time, Hallie. <laughs> oh, thank you. I've been uh, waiting you for you. You can add it to your list of titles. Soundbite oh, on great, Thunderwolf. Great, great, great. <laughs> Apparently, Mayor London Breed's announcement matches Italy's rules, which is in a, a next Ooh. next to genuine so, apocalypse so, scenario, yeah, we, right? We have a mutual friend. Um, it, he, I'm not going to say his name. Yeah, he that's fine. Agree, he didn't agree to be on here, but uh, he... I think he probably put it the best. So this is politics kind of cannibalizing one another, right? Yep. Um, you you don't want to be seen to be doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And doing the right thing is oftentimes viewed as somewhat of a gamble. So everyone is going to advocate for the next most extreme thing that they can get away with. Yep. Um and so all of these countries are doing these super extreme things and such as, you know, just shutting down the entire country um, and they're getting away with it. And the next politician is like, well, I need to be reelected. Um, they're really going to hate well, me. To, right. To, to play devil's advocate a little bit there, though, you know, like in the case of Italy, you know, I had a uh, I had a meeting last you know Thursday. Oh, it's bad there. It's no, it's it's, ter- it's, it's absolutely terrible. There was a guy who uh, you know was in Italy who was in the meeting, and he was talking about how he hadn't looked at the news feed because the last he had seen, four hundred people were confirmed as uh, you know had passed from Corona, and you know we had Googled it at that point, and they were like, oh hey, it's actually eight hundred, and he was just like, it's bad, you know, like. He was talking about how, you know, the Italian government is weak and, yeah, you it, know, all, all these things. But it, it's it's at the point where, like, I understand where you guys are coming from, but there are instances where if things aren't prepared and things aren't doing, you know, aren't set up correctly, well, bad stuff happens. Well, yeah. So at, at the end of the day, what this is, is it's a knee-jerk reaction because the proper precautions haven't been put in place. That's it. And uh, if you look at, at like the South Korean response, um, it was absolutely, I, I would say, the right call what they did. They threw a lot of money up front 
Um, they saw the danger as it was coming, and they got testing for everyone in South Korea. Immediately. As, yep. as soon as they could, because in order to combat this sort of you know viral growth within your population, yeah. you have to identify the carriers. Yes. And nothing like this was done elsewhere in the world apart from what I, th- I think you mentioned Vietnam before. Yeah. 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 It's... Yeah, it, I had seen, I think it was two weeks ago on a John Oliver bit, there was a song that came out, I believe it was from Vietnam, uh, which immediately said, here's what's going on, wash your hands, take preventative measures, and then they immediately went into a formal address from the government to the people about the precautions, as you said, what to do about it, and how to handle it, so that it wasn't, and it wouldn't blow up into a, an, a toilet it, paper crisis in America. Yeah, right? what, what it is now, and it, you know, we sat and joked for six, eight weeks, yeah, laughing at the memes, yep. um, you know, uh, saying racist stuff about Chinese people, yep, and at the end of the day, no one did a damn thing to identify the problem that was coming like a, like a snowball avalanche down the mountain, um, you know, at these, these very vulnerable populations. Um, so now here we are, uh, likely going to get locked into, you know, our abodes and, uh, I'm, I'm not able to really go see my kids and travel and see my kids. They're they're just an hour down the road. I, I can't, I can't go see them. Um, yeah, it's, it's terrible. It's awful. And, and through no fault of the average populace's, like, there, there's nothing they could have done. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is a direct failure of politicians and legislators to, to get the testing out. I agree. And I think the, I think the preventative measure is something so fundamental to the separation from where people are on this. You see it on social media where people say it's not a big deal, even while it is a big deal. And then because there are those who said that it wasn't ever a big deal, now it's a huge deal. It's way more of a deal than it should be. Just stop being an extremist turd and just look at it with facts. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. One of the things that I've heard, and I don't know if you guys have seen this or read this, I've seen it a couple people have said that until it kills the same number as people, uh, that the Spanish flu did, they're not going to be impressed. And isn't that just so fucked? That, yeah, that's a bad way to look at well, it. Well, you know? it, so if there's one thing I've learned in my, my many, many years uh, of doing intelligence work, right? it's that people really have a hard time with math. Yep. Um, and math doesn't stare them in the face until it's familiar yeah. Right? So when they're envisioning all these people that are dead, it's not me. It's not my loved one. It's yep. other people. So yeah. it, it's just this faceless statistic that doesn't mean anything to them. And, you know, frankly, it's it, just knock it off. Like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't help anyone. Right. No, it doesn't. And I think it's I think it's done for shock and I think it's done for denial. Um, I, I've I've heard people say that. And what was I, where was I going with that? There was something to it. Oh, the preventative measure. Yeah. Those, those same people I've, I've tried to, I've tried to ask them how they feel about stopping something before it gets to that point. Why do we have to get it to that point? And then you will be impressed with it. I think it's the same scenario. And this is a straw man, of course, but the scenario of we are on earth and an, um, an asteroid is coming to us, Right. And it, if it hits, we will all die, right? That's a big deal. We'll all be dead. So then we know what's happening. We know what's coming. So we spend all of our resource and knowledge and experience and skill. We take it out. Now no one dies from it. So it wasn't ever a big deal. Yeah, they're bad at math. Exactly. <laughs> is, is what it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a simple probability kind of bias there. It's not, it's not me. I think you, I think what you said is absolutely right. It's not me. It's not my loved, loved ones. It's just a bunch of people in China. So I don't care. Yeah. Right. But I mean, Hey, uh, we got a lot of Chinese Americans. Yes, we do. And you know, they, they have loved ones and there's blended families and it, it, they speak English. They have hopes and dreams. So it's like, 
how are they really all that much different? Right. Because it, cause it ain't me. Because yeah, it ain't me. Yeah, pretty much. And I think, I think to your point earlier with the fear, I think a lot of that reactionary uh, behavior comes directly from fear. Fear is the driver. Which is a good transition phasing out of coronavirus into information, how the media has played to this and how that information drives that fear and how people's fear drives the media also. How do you think about that? Well, this is a big topic. Yes, it is. (laughs) Getting Uh, into the information part of our show. I'm not like, uh, we'll just say this isn't, this isn't something that I'm uh, I'm an expert on by any stretch. The, With the, the media specifically? Yeah, there, there are a lot of people who would be way more knowledgeable about this than, okay. than me. However, um, you know, because we're on uh, a podcast, there's three of us, and yep. you asked mm-hmm. for Alex and myself to talk about it. Yep. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, we're. Sure. I'm not an expert. I'm not a journalist. Uh, yeah, I just pretend so, to be. So anyway, um, the media and fear, it's... If you're not aware, the media likes to tell stories, Yep. right? And the revenue that they get from these stories is generated off of views or clicks or mm-hmm. uh, other associated advertising. So that means that they have what's called a pull mechanism for the information dissemination. They have people that come to them to go and get the information. And then they also have a push mechanism, which is where they put it in front of you. Um, now, these mechanisms require human interaction. Yeah. And th- these interactions are things that are tracked and recorded. Um, they know what stories get clicked on, which ones are interesting, which ones are going to need to be expanded on, right? Yep. Because they're the ones that keep the light bill paid. And right. um, when these stories that may not necessarily have any benefit to the society as a whole, such as Australians hoarding toilet paper. Right. Or Um, uh, people, 40% of Americans aren't drinking Corona beer because of the uh, name of the virus. Yeah. It's entirely not true at all not at all hey if if you see that article read it because they actually give you a breakdown on it yeah it's the 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 article disproves its its own headline about americans drinking corona yeah correct with the statistics that they give within it i i don't know what it is offhand alex Uh, i I actually read it and uh so they did a survey of 750 uh uh ready parentheses uh beer drinkers okay they called and essentially what happened was they asked him, hey, do you drink Corona beer? And 40% of them said, yeah, I'll drink Corona. And out of that, they just said in the headline, only 40% of Americans drink Corona beer. That was their sample size? That was their yeah. sample size. And, 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 and not, best- not to mention the bias that is inherent there that's not even called out is these are 750 people dumb enough to answer their phone. Correct. Yeah. So probably who fucking your boomers. does that now if it's not in your contact list? Boomers. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't but anymore. I, but the best part was, you ready for this? Yeah. So they, they asked him, and they were like, hey, do you drink Corona? 40% said no. You know, 60% said no. Or uh, So 40% said yes. Sorry, 60% said no. And then out of the 40% who said no, they asked, have you drank it recently or did you used to drink it? I believe it was something along the lines of like 4% of those people said they used to drink Corona. So out of the people who actually drank the beer, 4% stopped drinking it. So if you do the math, I, I actually did it because I was curious. It was like <laughs> awesome. Eight, it was 18 people out of the 750 people who were the 4% who stopped drinking Corona after. I mean, Directly because of coronavirus? Correct. correct. No, no, no. They just they didn't even say it was because they of Corona. They didn't even they define just, that in the questions. I mean, yeah, it, it could just be like... I think it's a shitty beer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, I had something better. So 18 people out of the 750 people said, I don't really drink it anymore. And then they're putting out studies and the headlines saying 40% of people yeah. of Americans don't drink Corona beer because, because of, of affiliated marketing. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah you know, exactly. I, I bet it wasn't even phone calls. It was probably like 
survey questionnaires that like you know, a survey they, monkey yeah, or a Facebook uh, poll or well, something. I bet it was a Facebook poll. Or a Twitter, My God. Oh no no the the most glorious of polls Twitter poll. Oh even worse. <laughs> so but <sighs> so these media companies they, yeah they they have to have revenue like that they, they are not structured in a way where they can consistently provide um, you know a benefit to to society as a whole right they, they have to do other things because you know that kind of stuff would get real boring real quick oh yeah um, so we have all these stories that go out and these stories influence one extreme or another because there's there's the the way that it looks these days is that there are two customers lefty and righty yep, yep. um and because they're the ones that you know pay the bills well and and part of that too is you know if people are out are outraged by what the title says in the headline or what the story yep. is about that drives more traffic. Uh, so, we, well, actually, it's it's double fold because if they're outraged, they share it. If they're Correct. interested in it, they, they share, share it. it. Yep. So you're actually appealing to both demographics when you structure your stories in such a dichotomous way. Yeah. Um, and so the message gets out to, you know, everyone, and it pulls everyone also. Mm-hmm. So you know the push pull mechanism yep. for getting that that affiliated marketing out and for gaining those metrics. So not only that, these media companies are able to tie who goes and views their articles and what ones and at what times. Correct. And what ads they may actually select after the fact. Yep. Um, This is all tied to just an innumerable amount of data points that are associated with an individual person. Um, and it's it's frankly it's kind of scary um, when they're able to do that when when these these affiliated marketing um, agencies and these media companies are able to really just kind of hone in on what it is that people want they can continue to give you the content that you that you will click right so this is kind of a, a a feedback loop, if you will. Yeah. So the stories that are extreme, that are going and pushing certain narratives, uh, will get regurgitated over and over again, um, and essentially kind of force-fed to who they see as billable, you know, the, their billable customer base. Uh, these are people who are gonna who are gonna click on the links, and they are just going. To keep it up, it, it, it's like this this gigantic cycle um, where where these stories get propagated. Uh, well, and if you think about it too, you know, you it creates these bubbles. You know, you, you look at like Twitter yeah. and the journalism bubble. Or I, bubble I had a brain that fart there. there for a second. You <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Um, I, was, I was boring myself. Um, but, but, I mean, like, <laughs> but I mean, like looking into it too, you know. I, I worked at a newspaper for a little bit, you know, back when I had first gotten out of college, you know, I did graphic design. I was doing advertisements, right? Right. And I had worked for a company. Yeah. You know, I don't care. I'm going to, you know, it was uh, Gannett at the time. It has since been bought, I think, uh, last summer by something called MediaGate. And at the time they had owned 83 newspaper companies, right? Which right. is kind of terrifying if you think about it, that 83 newspapers, small local paper companies are owned by one company. Yeah. And ever since then, they purchase more companies. They um, shrink them down. And, and they have a specific business model. They, so keep they that do. in mind. And they actually got bought out last summer by another newspaper company. They've been merging a whole bunch. So I can't remember the exact number. But when I was working in um, kind of that industry, there were six big companies. I believe they've shrinking down to three or four. So if you think about it, all of your news, all of your media, everything that's coming in that's clickbait, that's you know being driven from what Wes is talking about, is being owned by a small number of companies trying to get your attention, which is terrifying. Trying to get your attention and retention, and, yeah, right? Exactly, because coming back get for that ad more. revenue and, coming in, and that is how they make their money. And, and they and they have it because of the data points that are associated with your but, clicks. But not necessarily yeah. because you look at um, something um, I want to talk about with that too. But but I mean, if you look at media in the last year, they've had I think last year they had over three thousand layoffs, and a lot of that came from, um, you know, them just trying to get foot traffic in. 
uh, there was actually something that came out where remember all those uh, Facebook you know, links where it was like, they would say, hey, top 25 list of X, Y, or Z. And you click on it and you would have to click on the next page yep. to get to the next thing in the article. Yep. That drove more traffic. And they were actually using that to inflate their numbers and sell it to venture capitalists yeah. to say, hey, we're actually worth more because look at all this foot traffic we got. I think it was. Yeah, man, uh, was they, it they, they spend they spend 45 minutes on one article. Oh, yeah, easily. Yeah. But I mean, like, if you can say, like, Hey, you know, we're whatever, um, I don't want to say it was Vox, but it was, um, oh gosh, I can't remember off the top of my head. That's terrible. But I mean, a lot of companies were, you've you had know, a bottle and a half of meat. It's okay. I have I, had I'm a so, bottle and a half of meat. I'm amazed yes. you're not asleep right now. Well, thank you. I am too. And we're capturing all of it on. Yeah, this is, this is going to be great. I'm going to regret this later. No, you're not. But, but no, probably not. But I mean, the, the thing is, is <laughs> probably that meat's great. Maybe. I mean, meat is delicious. I mean, that was what the Vikings drank. Amen. But, um, you know, but the thing was, was that, you know, you have all this foot traffic coming in. Yeah. They're showing all these things. All these venture, tra- you know, capitalists came in. They were giving a whole bunch of money. Then they weren't getting a good investment for what they were, you know, selling to them. So I believe it was uh, a lot of the newspaper, uh, digital outlets actually were being sold off. So you look at the story of, you know, well, Gawker got bought out by that one guy yeah, and he was trying to rebrand it. And that was a yeah, whole that thing. One yeah, guy. You know, we didn't really worry, worry about that, but you know, there was a lot of just shady stuff going on when it came to traffic, you know, inflating what their actual value was. Yeah. Um, that it, it didn't really, you know, mean a lot. And then people started getting laid off. So you look at last year, if you look at how many people in journalism, journalists, all those things were just taken out. I believe it was over like 3000. That's a good number. That's not a big journalist gone. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, those, yeah, those like actual like writing jobs and content creating jobs just evaporated. It's okay though, because Twitter absorbed them. Yeah, well, you <laughs> with, know, with open arms. blue check marks and uh, <laughs> Twitter, you know, they're uh, now you know who to really look for. Oh, yeah, all those articles, definitely. you know, I was I don't think I've seen one in a while. Yeah, they, the, they've no, died good, down. Good reason for it. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. don't I haven't seen because they were they had the stupidest stories. It they, would be they, like the little girl went out to the mailbox with her dog and found they, a package and went back to the house like that would be the story. And it right. would be 57 pages. The the venture capitalist, I'm assuming uh, got wise to it, and it stopped being profitable. That's, well, the, I mean, like, that's the only you, explanation. So, so, Wes, theoretically, if you were to have a couple, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to sink into a company and you're not making your investment back, you know, yeah, you're going to catch wind pretty they, quick. They, they got their PP smacked. Yeah. Very hard. On, 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 the, uh, on the rounds of investment there. Very hard. Oh, very hard. Like, not in a good way either. No, they were everywhere. Every article you saw on social media was that way, and now it's not. Yeah, no, actually, like, BuzzFeed is even fucking tolerable lately. Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah, they have been. BuzzFeed or BuzzFeed News. Actually, I saw that they had a cooking where they were trying to release like, I mean, last it's year. Do- it's all garbage. I mean, garbage. you got to divest, it's, right? It's you all know, garbage, but... What I was mean, the one show I really liked on BuzzFeed? I have no uh, idea. Try It. I think it was the... No, was it Try It? I think that might have been what it was called. The The premise was they went to different restaurants, like three taco trucks. Well, that, and it was that cheap, segment's done. medium, and <laughs> super expensive. And that, I don't think I've seen any new show. No. It, was a, it was YouTube. It was no. BuzzFeed YouTube videos or whatever it was, but I don't know much about BuzzFeed. I, I've never paid either. much attention to them because I didn't really like what I was seeing coming out from them. But... Yeah, so information. Uh, to go back over, I just briefly said it at the beginning. Alex, what's, what What do you do now, and what was your background to get oh, here? Well, um, what do I do now? Yeah. So um, I work I work for a large corporation. Okay. I'm not going to say the corporation's name. Okay. Um, but um, essentially, I'm their in-house guy. I work on, oh, my gosh. Everything that they need. If they ask me to do something, I will figure out how to do it, right? So that could be trade show graphics. It could be ads. It could be ad campaigns. It could be branding. It could be logos. There are about 200 logos of a specific thing that people are like, eh, you know, so a lot of people don't like. Like, if I said what it was, they might call me the devil um, because it's happened before. What do you mean? 
Well, you know, it's a very controversial thing, but it's something that we need it's to pro- uh, it's a, survive. It's a, it's a product. Yes, it is a product. Uh, I, oh, oh, okay. I'm with yes, you. I'm yes, with you. Yes. It's a certain kind of product mm-hmm. that... Um, <sighs> it's gotten some negative press that was probably uh, not deserved at all. Well, no, that was another company that owned that product. Uh, oh, yeah. But, you yeah. know... I, it, I barely know but, what he But does. I mean, like, essentially, but we, we, <laughs> we also got some sell that product through licensing here. things. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this much. I'm in the agriculture business. Okay. And uh, certain products people can be kind of up in arms about, but there's a good chance that if you are eating a strawberry, a blueberry, any kind of nuts or berries, my product's been on it. And I made the logo for it. We had a whole episode about what a berry is. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah. Because berries aren't what people think they are. No, they are Which is very interesting. It, it, it is very interesting. I actually learned... So I do not have an agriculture background, mm-hmm. and I have learned so much about agriculture. Like it's it's kind of like, oof. I I feel embarrassed when I talk about this stuff sometimes. You know, knowing it. Yeah, just well. I mean, it's just like it's it's, it's, it's just it's, weird. It's you know? how I it's how he he sings me to sleep every night. Yeah, and every night I'm like, hey, he Wes, just talks did about you farming. know? <laughs> did you know that? There's no such thing as an organic chem or a carrot. They're all organic, but they market it to you that way. And you know what? People buy it and they eat it. But you want to hear something even funnier? Well, th- to, no, that, no, no, to no, that no, point, no. the organic is because of fear, right? Fear marketing. Oh, oh you guys want to hear something great? Here's a little secret right here. Did you know that most organic crops actually use more pesticides because they're not being genetically modified to deal with threats, so they spray more stuff on it. Yeah, it's... Uh, Most but, people but don't know that. It's, it's so the fear of those pesticides right. is, what, yes. is what drives people to think, well, I need wholesome food. You know, I mean, it, unless you're putting the seed in the ground yourself and cultivating it on your own, and I, I don't know if any of you have tried your own backyard gardening. I have. Before. I have too. Um, and how ridiculously difficult it is to plant these tomatoes expect that you're going to get these big juicy fuckers to put on your hamburgers yeah. and they are like the size of one of those bouncy balls you get out of the little coin slot machines maybe you should be watering your tomatoes more Wes. well i think those might have been cherry tomatoes you planted oh no they no, might no, have been. no they, they, <laughs> they might as well have been at that point yeah no because it is different and when you're planting it in your backyard and you're just putting the seed in the soil you don't have the well, I mean, unless I guess you get GMO seeds. Oh, you'll get yeah. sued to hell and back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so make sure that you're following label precautions, <laughs> making sure you're reading the label and following. Yeah. 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 So uh, your your background, you said, with the graphic designing for these, mm-hmm. for the information that people see, that buyers see, mm-hmm. that what individual farmers or uh, who, it's mainly who sees growers your stuff. and farmers. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know. You said trade shows. Well, I mean, it, it's it's just the agriculture it's business, it's right? Because they're, they're all they're yeah. they're all old school fellas. Yep. You know, salt of the earth, really good people. Yeah. Um, you know, so I might do sell sheets for certain products. I might do trade show graphics. I might do you know whatever. I I, I kind of set up the entire. Well, I fixed the entire visual system for, you know, our entire logo things globally, which is kind of cool because I'll see things that are logos in Japanese, Thai, Russian, you know, Italian. And it's like, oh, I set that system up. That's kind of cool. If they have questions, they come to me about stuff. It's pretty neat, although it's weird. I think it ties directly to what Wes is talking about as well, which mm-hmm. I want to know about Wes's background for the listeners and then to the data points. Sure. Because the graphics that you have to create are created in such a way that the demographic that sees them mm-hmm. will be convinced that that is the product. So data yeah. points of those demographics are hyper imperative to your entire existence in mm-hmm. your career field. So Wes, what was your, what was your background again and then how what do those data points look like? Yeah. So uh, there is a there's a reason why I say intelligence consultant. Yeah. Um, and it's because they're um, it's the same discipline. It's just been applied in uh, 
different ways across many different fields. So I, I cut my teeth uh, in the Army starting in 2010 uh, as an in, as an all-source intelligence analyst for them. And uh, it was great work. Uh, I got to sit in a tank and, you know, play around in the desert for a little bit. Uh, made a lot of friends. And I got this really great opportunity um, about midway through my career where they had a an open position um, in this brand new unit called the Cyber Protection Brigade in mm-hmm. uh, Fort Gordon, uh, Georgia. And I was like, you know what? There's a future in that. Yeah. And so uh, hop, skip, and a jump. Uh, I went from Fort Benning to Fort Gordon. Uh, it was kind of funny because I joined you know, wanting to like travel around and see the world. And, uh, the only three places I really went were <laughs> Fort Benning, Fort Gordon and, uh, Kuwait, which is technically a deployment, but no, it's really, those were not, all miserably it's, it's not a deployment. Too. No, yeah. no, no veteran is ever going to admit that that's actually a deployment. Is that so? I mean, it, I sat in a tent for nine months. So, I mean, that's pretty much all it yeah. was. Yeah. I mean, there was some hairy stuff that happened because it was during the Arab spring when I was over, but it, yeah, I mean, I, I, I wasn't really in any danger, even with Iran, like, threatening ICBMs and stuff like that. But uh, I went to the Cyber Protection Brigade, and I went from barely knowing what an IP address was. I just knew, you know, it's kind of an address scheme to um, f- having to find and understand the threat to, you know, Department of Defense, like, classified networks and yeah. and the uh the machines that they have there because you know russians and chinese uh iranians north koreans they were they were banging on the doors uh trying to break whatever they could and they were successful on a lot of things um so i i got to learn a lot there about intelligence and cyberspace um and i was able to apply that that experience that i had uh, and got a wonderful job with Discover uh, in 2016. Uh, they brought me in to be uh, what was called, <laughs> the job title was called Business Environment Intelligence Analyst, which is a whole lot of words to mean intelligence analyst. That's, <laughs> <laughs> they flowered it up uh, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they churched me up a lot. It eventually got shortened down to intelligence analyst at my request because like, it was just, I was like, I look, you, you guys are going to rate me off of this anyway, so yeah. you might as well just leave it. But um, for a couple of years, um, I helped them with cybersecurity, uh, helping them understand threats to their to their payment network, um, their actual operational network that they had to use to keep, uh, you know, just standard business operations going. Yeah. Um, helping them address threats, the... Uh, the WannaCry and NotPetya viruses that were ransomware that just absolutely wrecked uh, certain large global networks like Maersk. Uh, I think Maersk was NotPetya. Um, like 300 million in damages to remediate their, their computers. Yeah. And, and it, you know, there, there's a lot of... A lot of problems that happened with a lot of that. Uh, but yeah, helping protect Discover from those types of threats uh, on, a, on a global scale because, you know, the financial services industry is listed as a critical infrastructure. Oh, yeah. Which uh, those are daily constant threats, aren't they? Uh, or I, or is it is it wave? Like, how does that work? Uh, I would say that you could almost predict them by the news. Really? Yeah. I mean, there, there are some covert things that go on against the civilian sector, uh, a lot of espionage and stuff that goes on. Um, but, I mean, ultimately, like those large attacks, it's it, it's coinciding with some kind of mission requirement, right? Yeah. Um, it, the, you're not worried about this anar- this lone anarchist hacker sitting in his mom's basement. <laughs> right. You know, wanting to bring down the establishment. That guy doesn't have the resources to do it. What you're worried about is... Um, you know, the, the 600 Chinese hackers that they have trained on how to push buttons, uh, for their exploit kits and, you know, just going in and running operations against you until something hits. Right. Like that, that's, that's literally what you're up against on that is, you know, a nation state program. So, you know, they team of a couple hundred people trying to protect against a nation's attacks every so often. So, yeah, I mean, they, you know, they would come in, but at the end of the day, they would have to have a reason to do it. Yeah. Um, because attacking critical infrastructure is, you know, borderline shots fired. Yeah. So you is, know, is that how it's considered? 
Um, there's no, so there are some accords, I believe, um, where people have agreed that there are lines drawn, but Russia's crossed them every time, um, in regards to like their conflict in Ukraine and, and all that. So, I mean, it, time will tell what the actual red line is right? Uh, in that instance. Uh, so I did cybersecurity for a while, uh, and then there was a little funny thing happened and, uh, the the powers that be at Discover decided, you know what we really actually want you to do? We want you to go and study criminals. And that's what I did for a good while. Um, it was honestly super fascinating work. Um, I got to learn basically how bad guys do their stuff, how they steal information from people. Um, all of your static data points are super, super valuable to them, uh, how they're able to monetize them, how they're able to find them, uh, the schemes that they use in order to steal your identity or commit fraud, um, you know, all to turn a quick buck. Um, I did that for about a year. Uh, and then I recently left discover to go keep your lights on guys. Uh, so now I work at a company called, um, called MISO, they're the regional transmission organization for uh, pretty much all the Midwest and some of Canada. Um, So new job just started uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, lucky me. Nice. Yeah, so, uh, but fantastic company, case in point, I'm able to work remote and kind of integrate myself. They're super understanding. I got a great team that I'm working with now. Um, And yeah, I'm just kind of thrilled to be moving back, but, uh, you know, and also really thankful to, to, uh, get to jump into a new industry and learn some new things. Right. But you can see throughout that, that kind of, I don't know, like what, 10 minute resume that I just gave you, um, that, that information is, is a big part of what I do. Um, in order to predict threats, because that's ultimately what an intelligence consultant's goal is, is to advise someone on how to best predict threats that are coming at them so that they can most accurately prioritize them and align their defenses against them. Um, So in the instance of, I think the most relevant experience that that I have for today's discussion would be my uh, my time with, uh, with fraud intelligence. And how to best protect, you know, Discover's most valuable asset, it's money. Right. Um, you know, against some rather crafty people. Um, and th- the skill level of these individuals ranged from everything from uh, wannabe rapper. Uh, I think there's actually a rapper who raps about carding. Uh, I, I can't carding? Remember. Carding, yes, that's what it's called. About ripping off credit card information. It's called carding? Yep. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a whole... There's a whole like supply chain for it and there's a whole methodology behind it and and the methodology varies between each person uh it's actually a rather interesting dynamic because uh ultimately unless the criminal is an inside person right they they don't know how the the security controls are aligned against their behavior they don't know what's going to flag their you know their transaction is fraud they just have intuition and, you know, past history to go off of. Um, but yeah, everything from, you know, some guy who doesn't really know a whole lot, he's just, you know, rapping about carding, wants to do it, live the glamorous life, make make his his tens of thousands of dollars yep. instead of working a legitimate job. And uh, he goes and buys, you know, uh, stolen credit card credentials that were captured either through like gas pump skimming or, um, uh, a hack of some e-commerce websites like payment portal, you know, things like that. Yeah. Those can generate that type of data. Um, he goes and buys them wholesale and goes and plugs them in and gets maybe like a 20% success rate on his batch that he's gotten. And, but that's enough to make it worth his time. Yeah. Uh, and then you also go all the way up to the elite hacker level where you got people hacking into banks and the swift transfer system you know, making large cash transfers like uh, North Korea was blamed for like several bank heists. Uh, <laughs> the bank heist that happened here in the U.S.? No, no, none happened here. In the, uh, there was one in Bangladesh, I think, okay. if, mem- if memory serves. I could be wrong. But uh, yeah, they're the only nation state that I know that has been attributed to uh, actually robbing a bank. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, there's reasons for it, I guess. But that gives you a job, doesn't it? Uh, or hey, along the line hey, of. Hey, Business is a boom. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't need North Korea to, to no, help that out. No, no, I don't. 